Hello, good evening, and welcome to a 151 proof edition of Mercadina Mekis podcast. You know, come to think of it, this is really what we should have our, our anniversary show on, the, not on the centennial, or I guess, you know, centenario or sesquicentenario, but on, on, on 151, a, uh, a very popular number for certain drinks. Uh, here on the Cantina Mekis podcast, but as it is, it'll just be a regular show for us tonight, and uh, we do have a lot to cover. Uh, apparently, there is breaking news. Uh, it looks like Puka Ferretti has a moment. Uh, not any word officially from the official official people to make the word, but uh, news agencies are reporting that FIFA will be the coach, or I'm sorry, that Puka will be the coach for the upcoming Pechas Pass. And uh, they're reporting it by actually using the verb tense of it's going to happen instead of it might happen. So it looks like it's probably going to uh, happen that Tuca will uh, take over the uh, national team to play against Uruguay and the uh, United States of America. Great to have you guys on. My name is John Jagoo. I am uh, currently in, I think, DeSoto, Texas. And uh, that will be changing uh, Every 15, 20 minutes or so is here on the Continuamicus podcast. But to help me out on my journey today to discover why why Pumas has, has crashed and burned as, as we knew they would is uh, Beto Campa, in Chiquis. Beto, how are you doing, sir? Oh, yes. Yeah, we were waiting for it and it has come. We knew it would happen. Sadly enough. Just a matter of, you know, there's what, like 10 games left or whatever it is, 10, 11 games. If, if Pumas can squeeze, you know, 20 points out of those games, it'll be it'll be a miracle. Or even 15, it would be a miracle. So hopefully that'll happen for Pumas. Right now for they Pumas, can lose the, go ahead. No, real quick, they can lose they can lose all the rest of them as long as they win this one this weekend. They are playing through <laughs> I'll, America. I'll, I'll be happy. And that, and that is at the Estadio Azteca, correct? The mud pit. Is where uh, correct Pumas will be playing Club America and uh, Club America coming off a two zero loss to, to León. Just goes to show you just how crazy Liga Mentis is when when teams that are you know, at the bottom of the table and not playing very well just can just very quickly jump up and, and, and bite a, a, a better team in the butt. And it happened uh, repeatedly in the, in the jornada, which we were getting to. But before we do that, we'd also have to introduce the other member of our panel who joins us at this moment, and that is Joel Aceves, joining us from Southern California. Joel, a month ago you said, you know, you might as well go make the battle, come, come back in January, because Chivas aren't going to learn from Suddenly, Why say- Chivas... Chivas wins two games, suddenly two games, six points, or is it six points, on, on yes. the verge of, of, of getting the proverbial massive shot in the arm that a nine-point three-game win streak can give a team in Liga Imetis. So, Joel, is it time for the Chivas fans to uh, no. put, it, put it into the sabbatical? No, no, the whole The whole sabbatical thing is don't expect you know, the team to, to go, um, just, just to do any, any, 
to go very far this season. It, it's they're going with a lot of the youth, and so they're they're trying to cement a team, you know, from using a lot of the canteranos. So, I mean, sure. I mean, so my th- whole thing was don't have high expectations. That doesn't mean you can't set a goal. You should still set a goal, which which is <clears throat> what the directiva said was to qualify to the league. And I mean, eight teams qualify, so it's not it's it's not so like basically be in the top half, be in the top half of the team. That's yeah, good. just pretty much. So so um, I, I, but I do think this last two games have inspired some hope that a lot of Chiyarmanos were expecting a really bad season and just because Matia left because Pizarro left and, and the irony was that a lot of this mess was was from from uh, Almeida he it was a lot of his he, he's the one that racked up all those you know that the team couldn't win at home sure it was it was it was crazy it was almost a year without a, uh, an official league win. So the team would win at cup cup teams, but not not in league. Not you're in sounding, league. You're sounding um, optimistic, man. No, well, see, this is the thing. It, it, it's, um, it's the calendar. So Chiwa's team is not that strong, but it's a team that's been together for a long time. They, a lot of these players, the Luna, um, you know, Brizuela... A lot of these guys, they've they've been they've been playing together. So I mean, and there's something we've said a lot here in the cantina. Something that's important when you're when you're analyzing a tournament is the calendar. What rivals you're gonna play, you know, and when and and where. So the the first the first four games for Chivas, they were all against teams that did better than they did last season. Uh, you know, which was Tijuana, Cruz Azul. Um, well, Cruz kind of—they're kind of the same. Uh, Toluca, Toluca, and Santos. At least, at least three of the four did better, and then the fourth, Cruz Azul. They're the ones that you know they put they put one of the strongest teams together for this season. So I mean, the results weren't that surprising. That that that's how you start the calendar with. It, it was just a tough uphill battle, but but. Their next four games, they're all against teams that, that aren't that good. So which was Veracruz with all the problems they're having. Necaxa was probably the more um, the more consistent of the bunch. And then they're going up against Atlas, who they haven't even scored a goal this season. They're, they're, they're pretty much the worst team of the league. And they're playing them at Jalisco, which is pretty much... A Chivas home game, and then then they host Pachuca, who is another team that's not doing too good. Um, so I I think this four game was just came at a good time for Cardoso for the team, and and I think if they could get nine points would be good, and at twelve is not even it's it's you know ten or twelve would be just really good, and then the next four games are going to be really tough for Chivas. The, the Monterrey, Querétaro, América, and Pumas. So th- those those are going to be pretty tough games. But then to me, the last the last four games of the season they have, I mean five, 
I think uh, just just Lobos, Monarcas, and Puebla, dude, Leon. I, I think the team could rack up enough points right there to uh, to try to get in in eighth place. But they're going to be playing Copa MX as well, so is that going to stretch them out? No, because because they're the Cardoso's using the cup for. He's playing mostly the younger guys. He knows that Liguilla is the, the ultimate. You know that's the goal. You know he can he can use the the Almeida technique, <laughs> where um, you know he used the cup and and the team look look better than it actually was. Um, our because our our guy is he here? Um, I'm gonna call him out. Where is he? Our good friend Rigo. Because he was saying that Almeida's the best coach of Chivas for the past 20 years. But, you know, not in league. If you just if you just see his league record of all the seasons he played, it's not good. It's only good the season he, he won the doblete, and that made him look really good, you know. But if you put together all, all his games, they're going a the whole season without winning. I mean... What was the last Chiva coach that did that, you know, without being able to win at home? So, yeah, he. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He's just not that good as, as a lot of my Chiva hermanos make him out to be. Yeah, they sure love them. Love them some Almeida. Oh, yeah, man. He could do no harm. And they wanted him for the national team. Which, look, he's out of a job. All these coaches that had, like, hard followings, they don't have a job. And the other one is Juan Carlos Osorio, you know. Especially after the Germany game, everyone thought he was going to be a hot commodity and that Mexico was going to, you know, if if they don't snatch him up right away, they were going to regret it. And um, nothing. He hasn't been signed anywhere. The last I heard was that Rafa Marquez is going to try to convince him to come and coach Atlas, which to me it will be like like a step back for for Osorio's career to to mm-hmm. you know be, to go from Brazil to Mexico and then and then Atlas man that's I don't know that's just <laughs> I don't think he saw back. himself right there yeah yeah I take I'd rather well. He'd probably rather take uh, the U.S. national team. Yeah, but, but someone someone from the Fed, I think they said they weren't even they hadn't even talked to him. I think Almeida tweeted out something. Yeah, that's what I was going to look up. He tweeted out support to the Chivas for this Clasico coming up. Yeah, for next Friday. But I mean, that's kind of feel bad for him because he was all over the place promoting himself and he he got nothing man this guy was flying from from Buenos Aires to Guadalajara you know putting himself as as you know coach for the national teams and and uh there's nothing. there's nothing wrong with a little self promotion no no there's not but I'm just saying he he ended up, you know, empty-handed, so he needs he needs to just kind of be in the news again. Well, he'll 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 land a spot. 
But they're, they're saying Grupo Pachuca. They're saying Grupo Pachuca has interest in him. So he could either end up in uh, Pachuca or León. We'll see uh, See how that plays out. Now, Joel, I've always thought, uh, at least lately, that, 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 that being a Chivas fan, Chivas treats Chivas fans like, like they're crazy ex-girlfriends. <laughs> In the sense that, you know, it's, when it's good, it's, it's, it's great, it's amazing. But, you know, when it, when it, gets, when it gets bad, it gets really bad. You, know, you, 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 you sink to some depths that you never thought that you would, that, that, that you would ever see. And just when you're ready to put it off again, there she is ringing the doorbell. And wearing a sexy outfit. That's right. Just, just, just like the the nineteen <laughs> the nineteen sixty nine edition Chivas shirt. Which, which speaking of, they're gonna they're gonna use a a fancy new shirt for the club's World Cup. Yes, with stripes. Anyway, with so, with real stripes. So, so, so here is, you know, and, and then and the Chivas fans. Okay, okay, you know, it'll it'll be different this time. Come on in. So I feel like, like right now, the, the Chivas crazy ex-girlfriend is in the house, but Atlas is coming up, and as you pointed out, Atlas hasn't 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 won, hasn't scored a goal. Yeah. In, in, in Liga MX, would would you put it past your crazy Chivas ex-girlfriend to lay a huge egg against Atlas? No, sir. No, sir. We we so, have so we as have crazy, uh, as crazy as she is. She, she won't lose to Atlas. You you know, because we have El Diablo Mayor, man. That's that's who the pastor is right now. Oh. Leading the flock. So now he's El Diablo Mayor. It's he's a... always been El Diablo Mayor. Dude, he, he took us to to the devil's cauldron and snatched up a tie, man, that could have even been a win. And, and you know, th- this was Toluca, which is one of the league finalists, along with Santos. So, I mean, I, I think... This guy knows the importance of these games, and um, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to. You know, if I didn't know I, I any better, Joel, I would. I would say that you were uh, that you were firmly on the SS Carlos at this, at this point. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't want him when I heard this guy's just been on a on a really bad track record. You know. Well, he's never had. His, he's never had last... decent opportunities. You know, when you're coaching Puebla and Chiapas. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he got Chiapas or he got sacked twice. Like, he got sacked. And then they brought him back. And then, less than a week later, they showed him the, you know, the back door. Yeah, he just had had him look good. And and it's like, I wasn't sure this is the guy we need, you know. Especially with the team. with, 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 it was a team that not only lost some key players, but. The, the morale was was on the ground just because of all the stuff that was happening with the way they treated the coach, the way they treated some of their players. So I couldn't Joel, understand, you know. Huh? Joel, did, did, did players, did the player, the Chivas players, have they have they made a deal with the devil? Made a deal? A deal with the devil? They made a deal. They made the a pact. They made a pact. No, they're, they're running with the devil right now, John. And... The- uh, I think well, this I, guy understands. He understands 
some of these games. He knows the league. You gotta give it to him. You know, he's he's he played for many only, years, and, and he, not only does he know the league, he's probably uh, and, and, and I'll ask all this, but I mean, outside of maybe one or two guys, at least, at least in the in the in the league, I mean, outside of maybe Carlos Reynoso, I mean, was is this guy not the greatest foreigner that ever played in the league? Yeah, yeah, he's that one season when he scored like thirty goals was insane. Um, well, I mean, just just the amount of goals he scored in the in yes is, is disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah, this guy was a machine, um, and he actually played with the machine too. <laughs> yes, he did. They were they were impressive. Okay, so so Cardoso's the coach. A guy who knows the league knows knows which teams you have to be extra motivated for. I mean, not that it takes a genius to figure that out, but uh, but, but but you're right though. I mean, and then and, and the players are starting to slowly buy. Wait, you know? Yeah, because that was. And, one and of I, have the... to, I have to say, Joel, I have to I have to say just one one last thing before I'll and I'll you know, you know Puma. Oh, the... Hello. We lost you. We lost. We lost John. He, he, John. We lost you, man. Can you hear me, Cohen? Just now, yeah. but but the previously it got cut what, off. What I okay. Well, what I was saying was in these last two games. Of course, it would get. See, that's just that's just the luck of a trophy chaser. Just when you're <laughs> trying to make a very important point about the trophies, I get cut off. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, wins two games. And it just so happens the best player on the pitch was La Chofis. Coincidence? I don't think so. No, yeah, he's he's beginning to. Some some of those players are beginning to raise their level, including Norvelin. Some of the guys that hadn't been doing too good. And it's interesting that Chivas managed to rack these wins without Pulido. You know. And and I hope that lights a fire in his ass. And he's he's watching from the stands, and he's the guy that was crying that she was needed needed more leadership and, and more experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the guy. You're the guy they brought in for that. He's yeah. They paid they paid all that money for him to be that guy, and he's he's like, where is it? <laughs> um, but hopefully he's seen it, and he's like, oh man, you know, I could lose my spot. Because his card has definitely, you know, dropped. No, no team will sign him. You know, he, he's not going to make no nowhere near what he's making right now. Oh, uh, at Chivas, now with the numbers he's racked up. Hey, Armando Bronca says that uh, Salcido being out has helped as well. Oh, for sure, man. That guy, well, I don't know why yet. he's still. I don't know he's still around. I, I thought he would have retired after. After at least the Conca champions, man, and, and to still see him around, I well, that's why he, he wants having... to hasn't retired. He's going to go to the Conca to the club World Cup. He's going to be the starting central against. Uh, oh man, well, I guess, against I guess, Real I guess Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it becomes. I mean, I'm not saying that they're, you know, not a incredible. They become. You know, instead of having a three percent chance to beat him, now they have like a like a seven percent chance to beat him. 
without yeah. Ronaldo. Without Ronaldo. So. Without Ronaldo. No, but but the one the one I have to give credit to to Pepe Cardoso is that I guess his attitude was the right one, and this was the same thing where I was disagreeing with with um, with Almeida because going into the season and you know that the team is going to have to depend more on, on the youth, so you you can't you can't say that we need players, you know. Even if it's obvious that you do, you just can't because you, you need you kind of sending the wrong message to the players that you do have. Right. And um, so it was the one thing where I actually agreed with Jose Luis Higuera, man, who, as a lot of you guys know, he has me blocked on Twitter um, for verbal aggressions. But he said, you know, this team it should be good enough for what we're asking, which is to qualify. Because yeah, if you see a lot of these players, they've been along, they've been with the club a long time. Mario de Luna's been there a long time, on and off, but he's been there a long time. A, a lot of these guys were, were were there since when the team won the league title. So I mean, it's it's not like you have a completely new team. You just got a few guys that just they just need to come into their own. They're like Sandoval and some of the strikers like Odines. The only so, way so they're going to do it is by getting more games, huh? So you say that there's no chance that uh, that Chivas that, 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 that loses to Atlas this weekend? No, I'm not saying there's no chance. I just think that they're going to take the game very serious. You know, that they're not going to see it as, as pan comido just because the team is doing bad. Uh, I think they're going to, uh, you know, just... Continue doing what they've been doing. Uh, I think Carlos has the gist of it, and he, he's managed. Which was I was gonna, you know, just just to finish my point. I think that's that's one where he deserves credit, where he's been at least instilling confidence in a lot of these young guys, in in saying that, you know, they're good enough. They're they're good enough to to get that job done. Hey, Juan, if you wanna. If you need some Chivas friends, since uh, you got a block, you you can uh, make friends <laughs> with Amaury uh, Vergara. I should, I, I should. You know, that's a good idea. Tio, Tio, you gotta block me. You should, yeah. uh, you should, you should reach out, Joel. You can have, have him come on the show. Come. Tio, <laughs> well, we didn't report it here because we we had like a we had like a, a just a really long, busy podcast, but. Amaury is the new president for Chivas, so um, he's or how, vice president. How, but he's how did he he's, how did he get that gig? Well, he's the son of the owner, so that that helps. He's but, got a degree. He's got a degree in uh, film, and he's in film, and he's learned <laughs> since he was sixteen years old. He's, he, he's uh, got a degree he, in film, and did he go to the uh, the Johan Cruyff School of Management? No, he he didn't get that man. Um, no, no, he's he's the new he's like the new head honcho, but he's still learning, and Igera's still there. He's like a GM, but they're they're looking for a sporting director. The problem is they fired half of them, so <laughs> there's not that many out there, you know. Because sporting director, because because So what what's the point of having a sporting director? That, that, that makes all the- yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say the one thing. A good sporting director 
someone like Pelaez and and even like like uh, Nestor, which obviously is not returning for obvious reasons. Those are guys that have like such good connections within the league that they're able to negotiate and build you a squad. You know, you don't have to really Very deal quick. with. Yeah, you don't have to deal with shady promoters. Cruz Azul for a long time dealing with some of these promoters that were bringing them some of these See, they, random. They, they dealt with one promoter. <laughs> that's, that, he that's would bring them weird. some random. It was. Do you guys remember those grab bags from the ice cream truck? It was like twenty five cents. Well, it's not just that, but, but but you know, and then these players would come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so forty. Yeah. There might well, be one like, good like candy. You ever bitten into a jelly bean and you expect it like you know something fruity or whatever, and it's like licorice or or some god, just just something awful. Anyway. So <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that happened with Cruz Azul is that <laughs> these you know the, the the deadline for transfers is usually at the end of August. It was like one more week to go. But uh, so I mean, players would come in five, six, you know, a month into the season, and, and not just one, but yeah. like two or three, four players. Cruz Azul this time with Pelaez said, "Hey." Yes, we need players. Now, let me get your players. But he had them all signed, sealed, delivered for their first training. And, and you know, he kind of want to give credit to. They want to give credit to Kaisi, and he deserves it. They want to give credit to the players; they deserve it. But the reality is, is, is that Belias has completely changed the mindset and yeah. changed the, the the structure and the management of how Cruzeiro functions. You know, yeah, it's something that we've talked about on a long time. Cruz Azul, outside of maybe, I would say Santos and America, easily been the most consistent team in the league. Yeah, and you know, just just to you know heap more praise on Pelaez, Caixinha uh, had lost the locker room. You know, like in going into the last season, going into the final weeks. Because that, that team was, they were still within fighting chance. And he lost the locker room. And, and Pelaez got rid of a lot of those players. And, and he he made sure, he even brought in players that Chivas was trying to get Elias Hernandez. And they, they told Tio Higuera, this guy is, you know, non-negotiable. I don't know how Pelaez did it, man. He, he just, next thing you know, he's, he's wearing the Cruz Azul shirt. But... You know, now one thing that's happening at America, man, they're, they're having some problems with transfers. The, you know, they, they're they having some locker room problems with that Mateos guy, you know, not getting along with Piojo. And, and that's where a guy like uh, Pelaez makes a big difference. Like, he, they, mediate, they mediate those type of uh, problems. Oh man, yeah, bathrooms. So, hey man, I don't see the big deal. So, I don't see the big deal with uh, with Pelais. Oh, I don't. I don't, I don't see. Me? I don't, I don't <laughs> see how he because he's. I can see. Him, I can understand the head coach having some influence, but uh, but a uh, long, long pants guy. Like, what does he give a motivational speech and the players all of because these yeah. are the same a lot of the same players that dude uh, it makes previously. a big difference Chiquis like look look at Chivas just the whole Alanis scandal you know it makes players a lot of times feel uneasy or not want to be at the club you, you don't want stuff like that 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 could hurt the locker room look, look, 
Also gives them the tools with which to reach him. So, uh, yeah, I think a guy like Benaiz makes a huge difference. I mean, I mean, again, you know, he says, you know, we need a better, let's go on. So, who does he go on? Does he go They're cut, cutting out a little bit. Yeah, John, John has a Chiwas TV internet connection. It's the tech. Uh... Middle of nowhere, Texas internet connection. <laughs> I think he was talking about like the newer, like the new additions. And the one, the new additions to the team. There were there were pretty much few, but even Carlos was playing better. Cartucho quemado. Yeah, he's still. No, but he's they playing. have that other guy, man. They got the guy from Atlas who's scoring all the goals for Atlas. <laughs> I don't, I don't know your Atlas why you sell your your top striker, man. That maybe the guy wanted to leave, but uh, they're paying the price for it. Uh, I forget his name. It's an it's like some Argentine guy. Caraglio. There no. you go. Yeah, that's him. That's the one. He's and he's doing good. He, he's doing good right now. Yeah, they're no Chiki's a good GM man. He makes sure he takes care of problems, man, because you don't want not not every coach is, is capable. Like you have some coaches like uh Alex Ferguson who was at uh Sir Alex who was at Man United and, and those guys could they could do all the tasks, you know. They they could handle transfers, they could handle the locker room tactics. They're like a manager, like more than a coach. They're like the whole club manager. Uh, but not, not all coaches are good at that, man. Some of them are just not, not very good. I, I'm going to throw my boy Chepo right there. He, he's pretty good with tactics, at least in Liga MX. If you see his record, it's pretty good. Uh, he, it's one of the better records, you know, if, if you compare the amount of games he had with other coaches. Uh, but he's not so good in the locker room, you know. He he he's yeah. lost the locker room a few times, and that that's when sometimes you need you need like a good GM to keep to keep some of those problems in check, and the coach can just concentrate on coaching. Yeah, well, he he's he's becoming like if he takes Cruz Azul and they get to the final, I think just the final, he's gonna he's gonna be almost legendary. Like, well, yeah, he won, he won a title in uh with America. And that was it took him a year. Well, look, look his record at America. When he was at America, they qualified to the league, to Liguilla, 10 times in a row. They played four finals, and they won two. So, I mean, half of the time, they were fighting for the league campeonato, man. That's yeah. that's very impressive, which was surprising. And, you know, they did it with, what, four different coaches? Yeah. Three or four different coaches. Um, so that's, that's very impressive. So it was surprising me to see, uh, you know, Americanistas, they would hate on Pelayas. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, cause, cause they were very similar to my Chi hermanos, man. They were, they were very faithful to the coach. They were talking about Turco, you know, 
how Turco was was you know or or some of these other guys were 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 the real deal. But to me, Belias has been like one of the main cogs right there that that makes that possible. He even goes on picante and runs things, <laughs> takes take, takes things over, run, runs all over, fights with them. <laughs> He was with the national team, so hopefully in the future he'll return. Uh, you know, someone that's, that's that good and, and that professional, I, it, it wouldn't hurt to have him in the national team. Uh, the only thing was that uh, he pissed off John De Luisa, man. So that, if I'm not mistaken, De Luisa was the guy that fired him from, from America because – he didn't get, you know, the, the reason was that he, he wasn't getting along with, uh, Pepe Romano, who I don't know, I don't know why they threw the Pepe Romano in there. And Pepe Romano was in charge of, became in charge of like transfers that season he came in. And that's when America messed up and, and they took forever to sign players. And that was all on Pepe Romano, man. And, and Pelais was just hating it, you know, cause it's all falling on him. And, and he said, you know what? I'm, I'm after the season. I'm leaving, and the Luisa was like, pretty sure it was the Luisa, and he said, "Well, yeah, you don't have to wait till the end of the season. You could just leave now." Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, and then Romano ended up getting sacked, but uh, that's the guy that messed it up for the, you know, they messed up America. They had a good thing with Pelais, man. You know, and, and you could see it, like, like just to talk, to finish, like, the way America was, like, the way some of the players they would get. So, like, instead of getting that French guy that hasn't really played and then he's injured, nice. they would have probably got, yeah, with the Lions, they would have probably gotten Dijanini or, or Caraglio. Yeah, instead, you had, you know, America going back to some of their old ways. And they, they how long did they try to get? They were trying to get some Dutch guy. Not remember? No. Yeah, they were trying to get some some Dutch oh, guy. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't from PSV, that. I think. Yeah. It's like, why why are you wasting your time right there, man? You got you got some really proven strikers right here that that could at least guarantee you twelve goals. Yeah. So. Do you have the calendar, Chiquis? We could yep. go over really quick. Um, so on Friday is the only game is El Clásico Tapatio at El Jalisco. So Atlas and Chivas. No, no, I, I'm just going how the teams are because uh, Cruz Azul is in first place. Oh, the so table. Five, yeah, I should have said the table, not the calendar. So. Five wins, one draw. They're they're the only undefeated team, uh, and and they've scored ten goals, which is pretty good uh, goal production. Uh, and dude, they've only received one. Yeah. So the best defense. The, the saying is, defense wins championships, cheekies. So <laughs> they're looking good. Monterrey is in second, second place. Monterrey with fifteen points. They just. Trail Cruz Azul by one point. Um, and then you have Santos Laguna in third. And Santos is a team that it's pretty impressive because they sold 
three of their top players, very key players. Uh, they sold Nestor Araujo, uh, and then they sold uh, Izquierdos, which was the team captain and, and one of the best defenders in the league, and then Di Giannini, who was the the top goal scorer for last season. I mean, you just you just got rid of your your defense and your best striker, you know. So, but but I guess this team um, has good depth, you know, because they still kept a lot of their players. They still got players like Furch, who's proven commodity in the league. They have a guy like Cayito, who's man, he's any team he's been and he's taken them to the final, which he did with um with Leon with Chivas, and then with Santos. So, I mean, they still have a good squad. The, the surprising thing was they fired Tivoldi, and despite firing Tivoldi, they still seem to be doing good. Uh, Monarca, surprisingly, on fourth. Hey, man. Hey, you passed over uh, Monterrey, though, and the uh, best player oh, in Liga MX. But you, you didn't oh, talk about the, the best player in Liga MX. Pisa Gol and all his goals he's been scoring. What happened? <laughs> He's been a bust so far. <laughs> hey, man. He's, I think with Pizarro, I think right now it's mental. Because this guy, his his goal was to go... You know, because he came from Pachuca. He's, he was with that group of, like, Chucky and some of these other guys that, that you know, they were all aiming to be abroad. They, they were all thinking we're going to be in Europe by now. And, and, and so, I mean, I think it... I think it's is been he, a blow to his ego that he's still in Liga MX. Is he so? Is he so upset that he's fighting with uh, with people on on Twitter and stuff? He's fighting with Santos. Have you seen that? Yeah, Roberto Carlos. Yeah, man, they had a they had a role. Um, he's he's but, just but, really. But, but, but he hasn't been playing that poorly. I mean, yeah, yes, he hasn't scored. But I mean, it's it's not like he hasn't been contributing. I mean, I mean, I saw a couple of games where he's made. I mean, again, you know, he's not, you know, he's not getting the the, the, the balls in the back of the net, but that's really not his job. His job is to is to help the team put the ball in the back of the net, and he's helping the team do that. I mean, he's not scoring himself, but I mean, Monterrey is doing. Now, if Monterrey only had two points after six games, then yeah, I would call him a bust. But he's by no in no way shape. Yeah, they're in second. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, they, they didn't bring him in to be a goal scorer. They have goal scorers. They have very good goal scorers. They brought him in to help them set up. But I think yeah, he and the season's still young. Running. The season's still young, man. He he could, you know, for for all Monterrey cares, he could light up by Liguilla time, and that would be just perfect for them. Exactly. And, uh yeah, so I'm, I'm going to continue just going down the list. So Monarcas in fourth, which I, they sold Ridias. And uh, I haven't kept up much with this team, but for them to be in fourth is, is pretty impressive. And then you got Club America in fifth, uh, which they lost last week. They haven't been as regular as they should be, but I still think they have capable team. They should still be there by the end of the season. And then uh, Pumas in six, which is, yeah, they're in Liguilla contention right now. The Pumas the, is, uh, to put it politely, Joel, they're trending downward. I think, they're so. going, 
is a very polite way to say what's happening in the Pumas right now. They, but they sold their goleador, you know. They've been doing some changes. So, but I think they're doing better than, than some people expected. Well, you know, that, 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 uh, that the way that you were describing how you quiet, how you divide the season into quarters. Pumas had yes. an excellent first quarter because they were playing, uh, they played Veracruz, Necaxa, Atlas. Oh, and man. Pachuca. They had a good... They, they got 10 points out of 12 games. But, they, you know, and then they played Monterrey, which you wouldn't expect them to win that. But the killer was losing to Querétaro. And Chiquis, I did, get, I did not watch the match. I'm hoping from, from what you posted, it seemed like Pumas had a terrible game. And, uh, yeah, so they are they are definitely trending down. And it doesn't get any easier for them with, 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 with their schedule. So. Please continue with the list. Ah, hey, go, hey, so going then, back real quick to America, though. I think even, I mean, America, yes. America, America real quick, they, they lost to, to Leon, and then they tied Querétaro previous. Yeah. But I don't... All, all of a sudden, I'm seeing a lot of negativity of how they're going downhill, and yeah, Piojo's getting all upset because of refs and stuff. But I'm, I'm starting to see what Ron is talking about when he says, "At America, the pressure is on for you to always do well and always oh, win." Yeah, yeah, and, especially uh, against those teams, you, you're not expected to, to, you know, you're not gonna get to slide just because you lost to those teams, which is more than Tigres, uh, you know, because 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 Tigres. Had a three-game slump, and and they didn't have the pressure as America. But just America being America, man, the, the spotlight's always going to be on them. So Pumas is in sixth, Toluca's in seventh. They were finalists. Uh, they're still in the fight. Um, they lost to Cruz Azul recently. That was their previous match, which was one of the big matches for Cruz Azul. You know, to show that... So, so Cruz Azul has 16 points, right? Yes, sir. The, yeah. Wow. That's um, impressive. Yeah. Uh, they, they have 16 points, 10 goals for, and only one against, John. They have the best defense in the league. I was telling Chiques, the saying is, defenses win championships. Um, oh, yes. Hey, what? One thing on that game, though, last night, or whenever it was, against Toluca... Talavera um, messed up pretty bad on that on that goal, so it doesn't matter. Um, it could have easily been a could have easily been a tie, and I don't know. <laughs> he could have, would have, should have, cheekies. Uh, from this from this Cruz Azul team, from this Cruz Azul team, I would have expected you know more a little bit more. So we'll have, we'll see how they go on, on their next game, but I don't want to go okay. I don't want to go too flying uh, too flying it, flying too it, high it, on Cruz Azul. Was it in Toluca or was it in the Azul or the It was an it was an Azteca. Yeah, it's a midweek games are those are always a just a crap shoot. You just have no idea what you're gonna get. It yeah, is, it could uh, be a crap shoot. So Yeah, just, just Toluca, be thankful with the three points and move on. Yeah, so Toluca's in seventh, followed by Tigres in eighth. Again eighth because they had that that three game slump and then they faced Veracruz, which was Chivas slump buster as well. So uh Tigres, yeah, they, they put some hurt on Veracruz, and they're in eighth place, which is just Liguilla. And yeah, going off of what you said, Al, there's really no pressure on them. I, I guess there's just enough confidence that by the end of the season, um, Tuca will get them in the big show. Uh, so then ninth place yeah, is... Tigres always 
think it always starts slow. Yeah. They always have a two or three game, and then by the and all, all they need to do is, 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 is just put themselves in position, and they don't care who they play against or that if they close at home or close on the road, they just don't care because at the end of the day, the chances are very high they're going to be playing. If not in the semifinals, oh, yeah. fine. Yeah, and this is a team with great depth. Probably the best, the most deep squad in the whole league. Um, uh, yeah, when, especially when you're using Chilean internationals in cup games. That's right. <laughs> you, you know that. They're pretty strong. Uh, Querétaro is in ninth, followed by Chivas in tenth. So Chivas, you know, was they were like bottom. They were almost bottom of the table. They were like in they 17th were, place at the so, start of the season. They were Sotaneros. Yeah, man. <laughs> and the only reason they weren't at the very bottom was because of the goal difference. Yeah, yeah, that's... Ooh, so... So that was the Goats, but but they're in tenth, and they got um, let me see, they have seven points, so they're just two points away from an eighth place. Uh, so and they then, could they could launch, they could launch to Liga. Yeah, next, uh, yeah, uh, this Friday, this Friday, Clásico Tapatio against Atlas, who has, who has um, who has two zero points. Yeah, zero points. Um, all losses. I guess. No, wait. They have um. That is. They have two points. They have two draws and four losses. So they got two points and zero goals. <laughs> they scored zero goals and allowed nine. You know, so Hoy, not I, not too good. You know, I, I like watching soccer. I like talking about soccer. I'm not a coach. I'm not. I'm not a tactician when it comes to you know viewing and analyzing a game. But one thing I do know, Hoy. Is that, you, is that in order to win games, you need to score goals? <laughs> yeah, John. I don't know if you got cut off. I think you did. And I was saying how I don't know why they would let go of Caraglio. You, you know, and and you could see how much they're hurting. And he went to Cruz Azul, and and he's doing good for the for the Blue Cross. Um, and I was, you know, telling Chiquis how with America, just just to emphasize on Pelayes, you know. He would have probably taken Caraglio or, or Di Giannini, you know? Well, sure. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you because, remember. Because remember, Joel Pelaez, if he's going to build a team, he's not going to build a team with extranjeros. He's going to build a team. They might be extranjeros, but they're playing in Liga MX. Yeah, proven Liga MX guys. Yeah, and, and as soon as Pelaez left, uh, I don't know if you remember, I was asking Chiquis, America was trying to get some Dutch striker. Yeah, they were trying to get the Yong or something like that. Yeah, there you go. That's his name. From, and it's like, that, what a waste of time, you know, to 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 spend all that energy trying to bring some guy that you don't know how he's going to do. Right, when you can have Giannini just right there available. Yeah, right there. And, and, yeah, and it's because with the European players, they're, they're not used to this stuff. They mostly play night games in the cold. You, <laughs> you throw them in Toluca, you know, in the middle of the day at a higher altitude than Mexico City and... <laughs> because they're tired after 20 minutes. Right. So, um, yeah, Chivas in 10th, Leon is in 11th. So Leon, Leon has, they, they kind of much, kind of gotten rid of a lot of the players, man. Leon was at one point one of the stronger teams, but I don't know what's going on at Grupo Pachuca, man. 
So, so, Cohen, could this be the first season of how long? The first season, what? The, for the first season in who knows how long that the Cuatro Grandes make the Liguilla? Oh, you know what? It very well could be. It would, it, make, it would make the televisoras very happy. It, it would, yeah. Rating spike. Um, because... That when people ask why are these teams called the Cuatro Grandes, if the Cuatro Grandes make the Liguilla, you'll, you'll know exactly why they're called the Cuatro Grandes. Yeah, they get that's the teams the most people follow, they get the most viewership. Uh, so yeah, Leon is in 11th, man, and then Necaxa's in 12th. And uh, followed by Puebla at 13th. Tijuana at 14th, Pachuca 15th, Lobos Buap 16th, uh, and then Veracruz and Atlas in last place. Uh, so Atlas, Atlas is Atlas so being, bad that even, even Veracruz is better than Atlas. Dude, Lobos Buap is better than Atlas. And <laughs> Lobos Buap plays in a, what, 5K stadium? What? They play like in a high school. They have like high school bleachers. Yeah, and, and they play a both <laughs> call like every thirty seconds. One thing to note on Veracruz, they've given up thirteen goals. That's the rec- that's the highest for any team. Uh, I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. <laughs> you're, pretty, you're pretty happy about that. Be, not um, being a fan of uh, Fidel Curi. So. Yeah, yeah no, shame, they, they, Veracruz has great fans. Man. They deserve better than, than... Well, Tuca and uh, Tigres might have uh, something to say about their fans. <laughs> so, 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 Chiquis, uh, little, little highway update. I'm coming up on the check stop, Chiquis. Should I stop or should I not stop? Oh, the check stop? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're feeling a little bit hungry, have a stop. I am a little peckish. I am a little peckish. I've never been there. Chewy, like like Whataburger? What what is it? No, no. The check stop is uh, is a convenience store that serves kolaches. Oh, convenience store like a Seven Eleven. Yeah, I I I will tell. You, I will snap a picture and I will post it in this little this little chat. Is it like a Cardoxo? <laughs> Cardoxo. No, it's, it's delicious. That they serve they serve Czechoslovakian pastries, oh. kolaches, klobasniks. Uh, they have also it's really good and it's it's uh. It's it's very famous around here. It's always crowded. It's what ten o'clock at ten thirty at night. Let's see. I'll, I will report on how crowded it is when I mm-hmm. stop and check stop here. Because so, we are on the road tonight on the Cantina Mendes podcast. Yes, Can, Cantina Road Road Show. Road Show. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and John is making a a stop in Flavor Town. <laughs> Welcome to Flavor Country. That was Bob Balboro's uh, slogan for years when, when, when cigarettes could advertise. So, John, yes, do you, do you think, because Rafa Marquez, right, so he was talking about bringing in JCO. He's trying to, like, improve the team's fortunes. Do you think the Colombian would accept? Well, I don't, I, uh, from what I've heard, uh, Colombia has said thanks, but no thanks. The U.S. has said thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I, 
Paraguay. I think that that one is uh, next on the list. But if uh, you know if opportunities dry up, then I don't see why. I don't. You know, I don't, uh, frankly, a place like Atlas, I think, would be perfect for a guy like Osorio. So I, I think it'd be a, it would be a, a very interesting uh, project in order for him to take. I think to, you know. If, with his style of, of coaching and management, uh, a place like Atlas, I think it would be, uh, it's almost like a match made in heaven. You know what the funny thing is? If you were to coach Atlas, that if whoever's coaching the national team, if they're having a rough patch during qualifiers, all of a sudden JCO is going to be like a candidate. Oh, yeah. People are going to be saying, oh, well, at least, at least Osorio, you know, qualified with ease. Exactly. You are. Uh, you are exactly. No, I think I think it would be a good match. I, I, now, whether or not they get him, I don't know. It's. Uh, I don't think that that was what uh, what Juan Carlos Osorio was expecting when uh, when the World Cup uh, was in the Germany game. I'm sure he was he was thinking he was going to go to Sevilla or Valencia or something like that. But, uh, it ended up not working out. For him, like yeah, that. So different. yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Atlas, I think would be would, would be an excellent fit for Juan Carlos. I've never Chaplas. understood why Ricardo Lavolpe. I've never understood why Ricardo Lavolpe never uh, went to just run their their youth program. Well, I think they've just been very unorganized. I, I think they never really offered him or, or tried to get him. You know. Well, I mean, we also can't forget that for years Atlas was run by like. So it was very hard for them to get consensus on anything. And, you know, now it's run by Kevin Steca. It's obvious that Aaron does not have the same uh, priorities. I'm not saying it will happen in a year or two, but it'll be, you know, if he, if he stays there for three or four years, I think it could benefit not just Atlas, but Mexico, because, you know, they are one of the more traditional academies. Oh. So what's going on with Tuca? So is, is Tuca going to be our, uh, is he going to be the guy? at least for the next two games? What, what I've heard is that because he did offer himself for the for the two friendlies against Uruguay and the United States and and then the, the news leaked last week, well early early this week I should say that he had made the list of seleccionados and handed it in and so so, so the rumors are that if he does coach the two friendly games, that the federation is going to try to convince him. It's going to be round two because uh, they're saying that when he was first approached by Cantu, that Cantu told him that he was a candidate amongst you know a group of you know other coaches, and Tuca was like. Duh. You know, I don't got time for that nonsense. <laughs> Either you want me or you don't. I'm not going to be candidate. So thanks, but no thanks. So I think this time is going to be like, uh, 
you know, it's just you. <laughs> eres el único. Eres el único, Tuca. I'm getting the sense of uh, desperation. I'm getting the desperate. sense the national, the, the, the federation is getting desperate. And it seems like they're courting and they're begging for Tuca. No, but I mean, Tuca's right. Like, I mean, I, I don't blame him for, for, for doing what he did. You know? For doing what? Well, the whole, like, like they, they didn't write, outright offer him the job. They just asked him if he was willing to be one of the candidates. You know? Like he just, yeah, he like, just no. doesn't want to deal with all that stuff. Well, yeah, that's agreed. why, though. Yeah, he's agreed to the interim thing, but they're wanting more. They're, they're, it sounds like, the um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like they want him to do the interim. And then maybe after the interim or during the interim, they somehow convince him. They're like, come on, Tuka, come on. You can, you can do it full time. We'll, uh, we'll help you out. So it seems like they're in desperate mode, man. There's a check stop. John has it on video. That's if, what uh, I if, y'all, if, y'all, if y'all don't mind, I will, I, I will be back in like, like two minutes. All right. Enjoy. But I, but I will. Uh... Provecho. <laughs> yeah that's what that's what i'm getting Joel is like i'm getting the vibe that they're sort of uh not getting who they want and they're going with like tuka's the last the last option and uh they're sort of in desperation mode trying to get a, a coach in there he's he's already said He's already said he's willing to do the interim part, part of it, the two games that come, that are coming up. And maybe they're hoping for him to take it on permanently. Richard Flores says, just give Google his 13 year process. I've said that before. I guess Joel is on mute or, uh, busy right now, but that's, that's a, Google, Google Sanchez is a risk. I've said that before on like the last two or three podcasts that, uh, it's a crazy risk and people would not like it at all. A lot of people wouldn't. A lot of Mexicans wouldn't. But I wouldn't mind seeing Ugo get a second chance. He seems like to be the untouchable guy that nobody would ever want. Same with Chepel. Him and Chepel seem to be in the same type of, just cause the humiliation was so bad back then in their coaching stints. But given, giving Ugo a second chance, I think would be, I would be down with it. I wouldn't mind. I would like to see him given another chance uh, because he didn't lose it with the, the senior team. And uh, I don't think as bad as as what Chepo did. So Ugo for a 13-year process, that's a, that's, a long, that's a long time. I would like to see the eight and then after that go from there, but But, uh, yeah, so that's an option. I guess in the meantime, while, oh, they'll be back. Well, you know, with the thing with Hugo, he's just a difficult guy to work with. I think that's, that's been the issue with him because he's, he's been successful, at least coaching wise. If you see his numbers, they're very good, you know, across the board. First, first to win 
back to back, you know, Liguillas in the short tournament. And and he 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 did well in Spain as well. Um with a team where I don't know if you remember they they sold some of the better players and uh, he had to save them from relegation. Um he's just difficult dude to work with, man. That's I think he's made too many enemies and that that just that's why he doesn't get a boat of confidence. And I think that's that's why Tuca is such a good commodity. He's been in the league for so long and he's worked with he's worked pretty much almost in every team. So I mean he has the backing of all of all these like club club presidents. Hugo man, he's he was always getting in, in fights and spats and, and just stepping on toes. And I think he's I, I like the dude, man. <laughs> But he he comes across as being very entitled, you know. He's, he's egotistical. Um, he's so so. I think that's a problem. But I, like when you say he steps on toes and he does, it, it sounds to me like that's a well, yeah, like a good old, he, good old boys club that want to leave him out just because he says like weird things or he he's real arrogant or whatever. If, yeah, if well, he I mean, proves it on the on the field, and if he has a good cohesion with the players, that's the most important thing. If he like d- disrespects somebody, that's something else. Yeah, but but I mean, that's the people hiring you. It's like if you go to a job interview and and you insult the guy interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> as good as you are, chances are he's not going to want to hire you. But I mean, because look look how he came across when he was talking to a Maori. You know, he was just. Kind of telling him he wasn't he wasn't good enough for the job, like but saying I, you don't have the experience. I'm, but he wasn't no, doing no, disrespectful. I know. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. you know, if you're a Maori, are you going to want to hire Hugo? Yeah, that's petty, though, man. That would be petty to <laughs> not because he's bringing up a legit question. As a journalist, you got to bring up that a legit question. That's a totally separate situation. If if and we even talked about it here, he's got a film degree. I mean, is that not, not <laughs> we can't say that we can't ask that question. So no, I think you, that's you can, simple. but but that's just the league. I mean, he's not the only one. If you look at other teams, you know, like Cody, man, what does that guy know about soccer? He, even Higuera came into soccer without Vergara came into soccer without he had he wasn't even a fan of soccer when Vergara came in and bought Chivas. You know, so there's a lot of owners like that that aren't, don't really have a football background. And that's, that's what's, that's like, I, I would say that would be a detriment to the sport, to the, to the league. And to yeah, teams. I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's the whole lack of professionalism and, and why you get all these things like the doble contratos and, and, and mercado de piernas and, and all this backward stuff. And it's, it's cause it's a bunch of dudes that are just winging it. Yeah, I mean the the league. If you see, like, like, if you look at the teams, how many times they've changed owners? It's impressive, you know, the the number of owners. Like Monterrey, like the guy that used to own Monterrey, he was a banker. Um, well, that's, I think that's fine. He's fine. I think, that, I think that's fine, though. Like, if you're an owner, like when you hear about NFL owners or MLS team owners, yeah, you're an owner of something. It's it, you just run the business. You don't mix your opinion or your thoughts into anything that's sporting. 
and you leave that to the general man, the uh, sporting director, general manager, whatever, and the head coach. Yeah, just but those guys selling tickets. But, but that's but the problem with Mergara. And, and even uh, the guy from Pachuca, what's his name? And maybe other teams that they, 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 they mix themselves in the uh, whole sporting aspect of it. No, well, yeah, they, they end up, they end up making decisions. Yeah, they don't know, like you said, they don't know nothing about, they're not even, they weren't even fans when they started it or whatever. I, I see, uh, John is at the, at the sausage place. <laughs> is that what colaches is? Is that like, is it a chorizo or what is it? <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's like a. No, it's a, it's a pastry. Oh, it's a pastry. Yeah. Almost like a, uh, a pig in the blanket, ain't it? Kolache? Well, you know, they have they have those too. Yeah, the kolache, like you know, you get a a sausage and cheese kolache, and they use the uh, kielbasa oh. with the you know oh, something to heat it up. I got I got a raspberry and cheese, and then a a sausage and cheese kolache. Oh, I'll be I'll be I'll be, I'll be, I'll be washing it down with a, with an adult beverage. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Well, there you go. So 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 is, are they dangling? Are they dangling uh, the uh, the national team for Tuca, or is or, or are they being serious? Is it, Tuca, we want you to we want you to do it. We want they're you begging. To come aboard. They're begging them. I think they're being they're serious begging. now. They're not begging. Well, who else are they going to go I, for then? Who else wants the Who else wants this job? <laughs> a lot of people. Well, who, it pays a who, lot. Who, who, yeah, who doesn't have a job right now? And then, and just go down the list. You know, San Paoli doesn't have a job. Almeida doesn't have a job. Um, there are definitely some people that would be willing to. And Liga MX pays very well. I mean, Liga MX, FMF, they, they pay very good. So your paycheck will be guaranteed, man. Yeah, but you can. You can. Uh... I want to say you could ruin your career by coming to Mexico, but what? you can do, you can like not improve it like you would like to coming to Mexico, just like Osorio. So, Wait, uh, Osorio had plenty of chances risk. to improve it. He, he choked. That's, that's different. I, I, you know, he had a couple of tournaments where he could have done good. Uh, I don't think he hurt his career though. He didn't improve it like he, like he wanted it to be go. I mean, his yeah, but goal that was, was to go play in England. Yeah. Well, even just look at what he did. Like everything, everyone praises him about that he did in qualifying, and then beating Germany. Even and even that. He, he well, found... hey man, I I told you guys after Germany lost to Korea, it took away from the Mexico beating them, man. And it was like no big deal. Well, the reality was is that as great as that Germany game was, it was worth exactly the same as the Korea game and as the Sweden game. It, didn't, <laughs> it was seriously, it, it was a means to an end. Yeah. And for Juan Carlos Osorio, Mister, prepare nine months for everything. For him to throw his plans away for Sweden and go, oh, <laughs> I'm going to go this way. It just, you know. Every Mexican coach has, in, in, in the history of World Cups since 86, have had one just major flaw, one gigantic mistake that they, they, just, they just can't get over. And that was Juan Carlos Osorio deciding to 
to uh, you know play play the way he did against Sweden. Hey, Richard Flores says so. It's Osorio or Pecho Frio, Juan. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the perfect word to describe him because all of his big matches, with the exception of that Germany game, pretty much all of those big matches, um, the team looked bad. And got goleados. I mean, in the yeah. Sweden game, the Brazil game, Chile, and Germany. I mean, the the, the results are not are, are not good. They are not good at all. So it's it's minus five, minus eight, minus fifteen goal differential in those in those four games. Ouch. But you could say that for a lot of uh, national teams. Like Piojo last, last World Cup sort of choked against uh, the Dutch bunkering. Uh, what's his name? Aguirre choked a couple of times with some uh, questionable substitutions. And then uh, El Che Argentino, for, I don't think there was nothing that stood out from him. Yeah, he messed up like where he... He couldn't beat Angola, who was playing down a man. And then uh, against Portugal, even though they threw the B team. Oh, yeah. But I think he was screwed either way because Mexico was getting all in or Argentina. It was just, there's no way around it, I think. <laughs> well, this this is like a curse, exactly. man. This is like Cruz Azul-style curse with the national team getting to the uh, Quinto Partido. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's um, you know in uh, you know La Puente, I mean not by choice, but you know just you know had the start we had, and then as you pointed out, Chicas and Aguirre made just just horrible substitutions, and then just the whole um, preparation for the USA game was 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 terrible. The mentality was terrible, and and, and his panic was even worse. And in, and in, in 2010, it was kind of the same thing. It was just. With 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 Aguirre, it was it was just uh, you know I, I will never fault him for, for for playing Bofo. I thought it was you know why'd you bring the guy if you're not going to play him in that game? So I'm totally fine with that decision, but but not playing you know Medina for the whole tournament and you know sitting Machoa down and you know, just 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 other baffling moves. And of course, as y'all pointed out, Piojo. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say you know the, the bunker was one of it. Just his team ran out of gas. But but Piojo, uh, as as bad as it was, remember he had to make two subs from because of injuries in the first half. So his and, his hands were tied. And Van Gaal even admitted that they benefited from uh, from the water break. He was able to make some adjustments once once they they did that stoppage. Right. Yeah, but it's uh, it is unfortunate. So, so if 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 Tuca gets the job, will he last to Qatar? Will, will, I don't see. I don't see why not. But I think, like, if you want to negotiate and be like, you know, I want I want the four years guaranteed because that's the goal. I don't. Don't give me shit if, if we don't do good at the Gold Cup. 
we know how Tuca feels of some of these small tournaments. Like right. I don't care. I don't care about the FIFA league or some of this stuff. If if you want Quinto Partido and beyond, then let me work, and and we're gonna treat. You know, the most important thing is gonna is gonna be qualifiers, and then the World Cup. Don't don't you know? I don't, I don't want to hear it for the other stuff. Cause that's that's how he's always treated. Even in Liga MX, he's, he he prioritizes the league and doesn't care too much about about the other cup tournaments. Truthfully, I don't care about that. I don't care if uh, if he doesn't go full force into a gold cup and we miss out on confederations or anything like that. Yeah, my focus is the World Cup. But I was just thinking what. The coach, whoever's going to be coach, has an issue to deal with, and that's when do you start phasing out these older, like semi-older players, like maybe Chicharito or Guardado, and when and how controversial is that going to be to bring in a younger dude to take their place? Are they going to still want the pot spot or you know things like that? Well, that's, that's I think that's a, I think that's the other thing too that that where Tuca would say that he because because uh, don't. The other person I saw that that they, they allowed him to do that was was Aguirre when he, when he came back the second time, and he was just he was going to call whoever he wanted because I do think to JCO's credit, I think he had his hands tied behind some of the guys that I think he just had to take. Like I I think Gio, I think he had to take him, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was playing bad. If a lot of people were saying he, he didn't, he shouldn't have been on the on the roster. There were other players that were doing. They were just going through a better moment. Well, at least, yeah, at least he didn't play. Like a, he didn't play too much, if any. No, but but it takes away from like, especially if you're like JCO that likes to rotate and stuff. Yeah. No, I mean. I think because because of that very reason, Chiquitz, whoever the next coach is for Mexico, I believe has to be a coach that is, has had some experience in Liga MX. Because Mexico, you know, there there are players in Europe, yes, but the players that are in Europe are the players that you just described, guys that are in the you know in, in the second half of their careers. I mean, outside of Chucky and, uh, and Raúl Jiménez. I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, there are those two guys that are put in Europe right now, and everyone else is pretty much expendable on the national team. But yeah. the problem is, is that, is that their replacements aren't playing in Europe. Their replacements are playing in the Liga Mekis. So you need to find a coach that, that knows these players and, and, and knows and knows how these players uh, function and how they work together. So that's why I do think that the next coach should be... Just because of the fact that the next World Cup team is going to be a Liga Mekis base, so it would make more sense to me to bring in a guy that is more familiar with with the base of players that he's. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's also why they're going to focus with with the youth and and under under you know with the Olympic team. I, I think there's. I, I, you know, but but I see there's good talent going up, so I'm not worried. I, I know I know a lot of people want the whole Euro thing, but 
I see some good talent coming out. No, there is talent, and, and again, you know, since Mexico isn't a a seller's league, you know, they, they, they don't sell 18, 19 year old kids. They sell the 21, 23. So, like I said, over the next four years, Mexico's next World Cup team might have five or six guys playing in Europe at the most. So it's going to be a, a Liga MX majority team. That's going to be like a shocker for a lot of the fans. A lot of these fans that like to have their European, their their Europeos. It might be a shocker yeah. as to oh this this team isn't going to do well or they're not going to you know we're, we're re- regressing in talent and uh, capabilities. Nah, that's that's just being very like Eurocentric and well, that's, buying that's the into the whole. Yeah, that's it's very recent. Well, it's very recent just because. As soon as we had more access to watch Champions League and all that, and then all of a sudden that became like the be all end all of, of football, you know, like you. But but I don't think it's it's necessary. Uh, if if you have a good group that plays together and 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 they understand each other, they'll do good. Mexico matched up well against top European teams, despite having. Liga MX based players. Yeah, Mexico. I mean, I think that they'll be. I'm starting to actually get a little bit more optimistic. The '93 John, the '93, the '93 team that played Copa America, and they played some really good teams, Copa America, because you had like the Colombia team that they were, they were one of the best teams in South America. And then Argentina and a lot of those other teams. And that had like what? Just Hugo Sanchez? Or was he even? I don't remember. What, was he already playing in Mexico again? I think he had already gone back and played with Club America. There weren't any Europeans on that team. It was all Liga. All, right? Just all Liga. And they did so well, man. They. They got to the final against Argentina, who had made the final in 19. They were they were coming back from back to back World Cup finals, 86 and 90, uh, and they had very talented team with players like uh, Batistuta. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think Simeone, but they had some really, really good players. They had a, a very a very solid team on that team. The, it was I was watching. Uh, a replay of that, and, and just listening to the names in Argentina, it was like, it was like, and Mexico only lost two one. I mean, it was it was uh, it was a very solid. Team. Yeah, and one of those goals was just inexperience on uh, Ramon Ramirez. You know, they they did the quick throw in, and uh, they weren't expecting yeah, exactly. it. The, the ball went out, exactly. and the Mexican players were just launching around, and that guy throws it in really quick, and uh, Batistuta pretty much like a runaway truck. Went right through Ramon Ramirez, man. But uh, it's a bit of an experience from from the lads. But uh, I don't see that happening anymore, just because of the number of games these players play compared to before. You know, by back then, the the selection didn't have as many international friendlies. Even as youth, like you know, like all of these guys, by the time they reached the senior team, they already played. You know, 
they, they played like in all these different venues and tournaments, so they're more seasoned. They are, and uh, you know that's why I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, you know whoever made the list, whether it's Tuca or Torrado or whoever, if they're going to start that process of bringing the younger players in to see what they have, you know the the Alvarados, the Lineses of the world, that kid from uh, from Toluca. Uh, Alexis, oh, yeah. is Alexis Vega, is that his name? Uh, who is the uh, striker who's, who's, who's playing pretty well. Montes, so there is... Uh, Montes is, you know... Cesar Montes. Uh, although I don't think he's starting right now. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, he would certainly be... So it, it's definitely time to start taking a look at these guys and see what they... Uh, what, uh, what they can do. And, and frankly, you know, against Uruguay, which is going to be bringing their heavy hitters, and against the USA, which is always a tough game. I'm not particularly sure I understand why the game is even being played, to be honest with you. It's like, Wait. who in their right mind schedules are... Uh, and both both of those both rivals. of those national teams, John, they, they haven't named coaches either. Wait a second. Washington Tavares is, is not Uruguay's coach? I thought he retired, man. That guy's like like 100 years old. I, I, I thought he retired after he, the World he, Cup. He is not, Speaking of 100 years old, I heard a really funny quote. Uh, Daryl Royal, who is a guy that I love quoting all the time. I, I ran into a quote of his that I had never heard before. It cracked me up. So when he was talking to some lady, uh, they were at a, at a place and they were celebrating somebody's 100-year birthday. And this old lady asked Coach Royal, said, who would want to live to be 100 years old? And he said, the sons of bitches who were 99. <laughs> Anyway, so I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out. I thought that was really funny. But, uh, I mean, I would assume it's Tavares. And, yeah, you're right. The USA has a name to coach. Uh, Ernie Stewart is their, uh, is their general manager. They're their director de deportivo right now. Who uh, had the same role in the Philadelphia Union. I mean, I don't understand why Mexico just doesn't name a coach until next March. I mean, take, take your time. You know, and, and as far as Tuca... You know, you're right, though. I mean, if Tuca doesn't have to worry about playing the Gold Cup and the Nations League and, you know, all the all the, all the the moleros in the state, if he, if he can just send his assistant to go deal with that, Tuca will be happy as claim. He'll do the, the qualifiers in the World Cup. All the other stuff, he can send uh, whomever. Oh, if he did that, I would be his uh, biggest fan. La, Oh, it'd be if, great. If he sent an assistant to, like, Morleros, that would be totally awesome. <laughs> I'd be laughing. And, and like, sent the scrub team, well, not the scrub team, like, the B team, C team to Copa, Copa Oro and all that stuff. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, so um, there's definitely... Uh... That would rustle some feathers, though. Tuca well, would rustle would, some feathers. It, it wouldn't make their uh, marketing partners very happy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so Tavares is still with... He is still the coach. Yeah, well, I was trying to think of why he would ever leave and why they would ever fire him. I mean, the dude is... I mean, he's, he's 71. Nothing against that. But he was... He had some ailments, you know? 
some type of sickness. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the I, players love the players love him. I mean, I mean, why? I wish Mexico had a, a Washington Tavares coaching next. Like maybe Tuca could be that guy. Tuca definitely could be that guy. He's no nonsense guy, and he's he won't be intimidated by by, by none of the players. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that that's you know we, we talked about we talked about maybe it was on our Twitter chat a few weeks ago about you know why is it that like the really, you know, how often does a does a mega superstar player ever have you know decent you know have have any kind of success as a coach? And, you know, there's, you know, a few examples. You know, there's the, you know, recently Sidan, uh, who won three straight Champions Leagues. But, I mean, is that anything that Sidan did or just the fact that they had a, you know, a, a super team? And then Johan Cruyff and the, with Barcelona and stuff. And, and arguably the best player in Champions League history, Cristiano. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and Duca wasn't, you know, he wasn't like the greatest player, but he was a very good player and, and for many years, you know, very consistent. And yeah, he wasn't, uh, you know, he was a no-nonsense guy as a player, no-nonsense guy as a coach. So yeah, you know, I would see, I, I could certainly see, you know, and then the players, I mean, he even talked about it in the interview that we posted a few weeks ago with uh, with uh, Feitelson and who was the other guy that was with him? Another ESPN guy, whoever it was. You know, and Tuca talked about the relationship that he has with the players, and it's like he's like, "Why do I need to go to Europe? I don't need. To, I know what these guys can do. I don't need to go see that." It was pretty refreshing. Yeah, it was, John. Interesting, interesting to see. But I, I, it is going to be a league I makes heavy uh, list. I think that's for sure. Uh, I know Chicharo and and. Some of the other European guys had already asked not to be called up as it happens. And and then going into that, we're also seeing, uh, you know, just just some bad times for Mexicans abroad with you had uh, Marco Fabian just being transfer listed. So I guess he was partying too much. And it all signs point to Turkey right now. Uh Although he did get linked to Cruz Azul, but Caxinha said that uh, it's most likely he will play in uh, Turkey. And the same is with uh, Diego Reyes. You know, they just let him go. And then uh, the other guy, uh, Alanis, they released him as well. And then uh, no one seemed to make any proper bids for Ochoa. So, I mean, Europe is just treating treating Mexico, man, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Diego Reyes place. might end up at, at Besiktas over in Turkey as well. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and again, I mean, and, and, and that's, you know, goes back to the point we brought up earlier. The next, Mexico's next World Cup team, the base is going to be Liga Mekis, so let's, you know, because of that, you know, maybe it would make more sense to have a Liga Mekis based coach. Because I mean, what's what's the point of you bringing in, uh, you know, you know, you know, European bond super coach if he's he's never even seen these guys? Yeah, they're, they're just gonna know about Chucky and uh, Tecatito and Chicharo. I mean, Sven Goyan <laughs> in his first 
His first official match, his first match as a Mexico head coach, was a qualifier against Honduras, and and he threw Giovanni and Carlos Vela out to the Wolves, you know, because they played in Europe, because because those are the guys that he that he that, that he knew and understood, you know, and, and had at least some semblance of knowledge about. And those guys had no business starting that game. You know, they were you know eighteen years old. You know, you know, he loved. He fell in love with uh, Leandro Augusto. It was it was too bad for Leandro Augusto that it wasn't, you know, five years earlier when he was yeah one of the best players much. in the league. Oh man, so so we're looking at a more back to basics, John, a team that's going to be more Liga MX heavy. I I mean I don't see. As, as you just pointed out, Joel, I mean, there are three players that were quote-unquote in Europe. I mean, Osvaldo Alanis didn't even didn't even get get to play a preseason game with with Getafe before getting cut. Yeah, and and then of the players that we have right now, I mean, like Pizarro, it looks like that's not going to happen. You know, he's just the European teams are just not going to pay that much for him. They would have paid for him already. Uh, and then you had the other guy from Pachuca. They were trying to throw him to Holland, but it didn't happen. I forget his name. Um, yeah, it was uh, Eric Gutierrez. Who, there, yeah, who probably him. should have started ahead of. Who probably should have started ahead of Guardado in the World Cup. Now, you know, knowing what we know now about Guardado being injured, Guardado did not have a good World Cup. You know, he had a okay game against Germany, but after that, I mean, there was. You know, he did nothing to uh, distinguish himself above anybody else. And it just seemed like, you know, if you brought Guti over for that reason, play him because it can't, it can't be any worse than the way Guardado played, unfortunately. Yeah, that guy also couldn't, you know, he's still here. Uh, Pulido isn't going anywhere. He's <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the yeah. only real option uh, players going to Europe that Mexico has right now are Lainez, who... Yes. Uh, it's, it's certainly one. I don't necessarily think that Piojo Alvarado is an option to go to Europe at this at this moment, just because. Uh, but uh, you know, he's certainly. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but I mean, there's you can name guys on one hand right now. Uh, and and then he, yeah, and here's the thing, John. I wouldn't want him to go if they're not going to play. Right. You know? I agree. And then like never... to me, Lainez, you know, he's going to get so much more experience in. Not just playing soccer, but but but, but managing expectations, massive expectations, and managing the you know of, of, of what it means to play for a really huge team. So to me, if, if Lainez does end up going to Europe, to me it, it isn't it isn't worth it for him to go to Europe unless he goes to a Valencia or a, or a Liverpool and, and with or, the- a, or, or a Milan. You know, don't you know? Don't go over there to go, you know, to go play at uh, at Toulouse or Bordeaux. I mean, what's the point? Ajacio. <laughs> exactly. Also, if the coach wants you, you know, uh, if the coach requests you, the coach really likes you. This is interesting. Let me, have, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question then, because I just saw a tweet of Diego Reyes tweeted that he's going. He's on his way over to Turkey. Yeah. But uh. Uh, this guy says that he could have stayed. At, he could have returned to America, been 
a starter, a captain, or whatever for all his his things that he was able to accomplish. But instead, he he stayed in Europe in Turkey. We need more people like Diego Reyes. Do you guys agree with that, or do you think that, like what you're saying, uh, if a player can't make it to a, a semi-big or a big team in Europe, then they should just stay in Liga MX? Well, to me, there's no point in playing in a European league that isn't better than Liga MX. Like Turkey? Exactly. And also, also with some of these guys, they look like a failure if they come back. I mean, the the team just dumped him. They pretty much gave him his transfer. <laughs> like we, we, that's a, that's a failure right there. We don't we don't need you, and we can't sell you. Just try to find something. A Sunday league in Europe, but at least it's in Europe. Well, that's the whole thing, you know. <laughs> at, at least at least I'm in Europe, type of thing. But I, I guess with some of these Turkish teams, if you get to play in Champions League. That's, eh, you you know. If he gets to play, that that's something. But but, but it's I, like it's like the uh, the play the repechaje version of Champions League. Like like everyone's going crazy over Chucky and what he did. But that's like the playoff, man. That's like the the pre Champions, if you want to even call it that. In my opinion, get PSV to the to the next stage, and then I'll be we'll be talking. And Chucky scores two goals or whatever, and then I'll be impressed. Yeah, but he has to get to see again. You crack me up. You you <laughs> minimize every accomplishment that any that any player yeah does. It, it's it's no, hilarious. I mean, it, whatever it is. Oh, well, oh, yeah, show, oh. oh they won this game. Well, show them to beat the other team. All they all they can do, Chiquis, is play the games that are in front of them. Exactly. I'm not min- I'm not minimizing. I'm saying I'm 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 being level headed. I'm being real to what the, what the situation is. I think everyone else is over exaggerating. Everyone that I see is over exaggerating. But oh, Chucky, he just scored. He he debuted in all these on well, all these uh, scenarios score. and he they scored goals. He's on the field where he's where that, that that's his job. I will so be excited to the level. I will be excited to the level everyone else is when he does what what Chicharito did and and like came back to beat Chelsea a couple of times and it was like the Chelsea killer. That's that's something to be excited about. You, are you saying are you saying Chucky's gonna be the next Tecatito? He's just gonna well, have like I, I hope he, I a hope couple he can... highlight reels with some Saran teams <laughs> with, with some like bottom feeder teams but then never really do anything in, in big matches. No hopefully some, he can get something happened to Tecatito because Tecatito was he was starting, he was playing well at Porto Something and then he didn't play the Confed Cup. Something personal happened to him. That, that he lost his mojo. Like a, well, yeah, well, well, whatever it is, it just he was he just hasn't been the same player since. Something something happened to him for sure. I want to I want to think it's like a parallel to uh, Neri Castillo. Oh man, that... no. Well, I mean, but, but Neri, I mean, <clears throat> we know what I happened know to Neri. Tragic it was, but yeah, but but Neri's Neri's tragedy was. Well, he said personal. Yeah, he said personal stuff is, you know, he had to leave because of personal issues. Well, I know that his wife had a had a miscarriage for one of them, and that's, you know, you know having having. You know, yeah. So live, live, you know, that, that that is always a, a, a very tough situation. Maybe it messed yeah. with his so, mind. Well, I mean, it wasn't just that, but I think that that was just for for some qualifiers. You know, the, I mean, there were some things that happened. Before the Confed Cup, that even some reporters that apparently were, they told him the news would not repeat it, but said, just understand that this guy needs to go work some things out. 
So whatever it was, it had to have been pretty, pretty serious. And uh, so let's hope that uh, he can, uh, you know, can, can, can get it going again. Yeah, it's just, just a, a very unfortunate, uh, you know, again, you know, Porto does not want to sign. They don't want to sign guys to play to play for them for five, six years. You know, they, they want to sign guys for 10 and sell them for 40. That's Porto's business model. And frankly, I'm not sure why they didn't do that with uh, with Herrera after the 2014 World Cup because he had an outstanding World Cup in 2014. Yeah, I have I have confidence, and I think uh, Chucky can, you know, go into a bigger club and do very well. Um, that's my hope. And once that if that happens, or once that happens, then I'll be truly excited and say yes, this guy is the real deal. No, but you're right. I mean, I mean, Chucky's test this year is, is is to help PSV not just qualify for the champion. They need, they need to get to the next to the next stage. To the Wait, rounds, they're not to in the, to they're, the knockouts. They haven't qualified yet. No, there's, they, a, there's another leg. Yeah, this is just a playoff to make the, the group stage. And based on that last game, this uh, it's not a sure guarantee that this next leg won't come back to bite them. But see, now I'll tell you the other thing it shows you is it. It shows you how far Dutch Dutch football has fallen in, has fallen in Europe, where the champion of the Dutch league isn't even guaranteed a, a spot in the in the top thirty two of the Champions League. That's, that's what I was going to be my question, John. I was like, I, th- I thought they were the league champions, and it's like, yeah, they are, but they're they're not even. Well, God dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then, then Ajax. You no, know, they they played the repechaque to get into the. No one, hey, no wonder Mexicans do good in Holland. You know, they. <laughs> they <laughs> it's like Liga MX. It's like yeah, yeah, the, the, the Liga MX of Europe. <laughs> Remember when when Salcido when Salcido was in uh, was at PSV? I mean, they they were, you know, he won a couple of league titles for them, and he, and even what with what with Guardado there, even as recently as a couple years ago, they made the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So it's not like. And, and and in one of them, they came within penalty kicks of beating Atletico Madrid, who ended up making the final. In which, if I remember right, both Guardado and Moreno made their PKs. It was the other guys they missed. So, but this That's is like, just, just a very recent uh, trend. So uh, damn to lose to yeah. lose that though. That's pretty harsh. Oh, I agree. It's uh, but but I mean, that's they why they lost. They used to have four. Now they only have three. But but that's why they remind me of Liga MX when when they had to play qualifiers to go into Copa Libertadores way back when against the Venezuelans. Right, yeah, but that was that, that is so how insulting. No 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 offense to, to our Venezuelan listeners, but I mean come on seriously. All, all two of them. I mean that is that is that is a a, a slap. So, you know, a friend of mine has, is married to a Venezuelan, and the team that she follows beat Pumas in the Libertadores one year. I forget who it was. Uh, and hey, she tells me that that is that that is the greatest victory. Well, that makes me Pumas is, is your biggest win, and that, that that makes me feel good for Pumas. Is it that they're held <laughs> such high, such high, high esteem that 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 that, that beating them is. Means it's it's the greatest victory for this other 
te, 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 te beat them in the actual Libertadores or in the qualifier for Libertadores? No, in the, in the actual Libertadores. Oh, I think Monterrey is the only team that failed, right? In in uh, in head-to-head qualifier. That I'm not sure. I uh, I, I wasn't as uh, fine. I didn't follow need, it as, as We need to Manchester. We need to Manchester, but right. I'm pretty sure Monterrey in one of these elimination games to qualify, uh, they lost to the Venezuelans. But how interesting was it last week when we had a, a friend of the show, uh, Michelle Richot, on, who, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. It wouldn't shock me if he ends up at Aguascalientes, if he and, if, uh, he and Michelle Leano are oh. buds. Yes. Then it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him end up in the, in the Caxa. But then we, we could bring him where, back. Where they said that the, the Club America had to had to poach the, G, the the GM from Zacatepec in order to run America. And that's when that, that's when America's greatness started. Was when they got uh, Cañedo yeah, poached yeah. from poached from Zacatepec of all places. I have to admit, I'm, I am a little disappointed, Joel Chiquis, that, that we're not going to get to go to Tequesquitengo on somebody else's dime. <laughs> but that's okay. But the other okay. thing that I'm, I was thinking about today, Joel, that just it still just shocks me. And that's uh, when we asked Michelle, what reward does a team that gets promoted get monetarily from, from the league? And he says, nothing. Then, then why are you trying to get promoted? Well, I mean, you you get TV. You should be able to get a TV contract, which is not as easy. If you're the smaller teams, as we've seen with Lobos Buap, um, and then the sponsors, you get more more per sponsors than, and then you get to face the big teams. So, so that means guaranteed guaranteed sellouts when you when you play the, you know, a lot of the the bigger clubs. Yeah, but, but, that's... but no, yeah, they deserve they deserve something and at least to help and then that would help them, you know. They would help them build a more competitive team. Of Once course. They're... I mean Lobos Wap, I mean they're gonna be if it wasn't for Veracruz, you know, or Atlas at this point, I mean they, that's good it's gonna be very, very difficult for them to uh, to to escape uh, relegation this time around, you know, I'm hoping that uh, that Paco Palencia can do it, but it's going to be very they, difficult. They do have the Maestro La Puente, so uh, man, if you're a coach, uh, at least beginning coach, uh, I wouldn't mind having La Puente right there too. Is, to he be- is he his bench coach? No, no, he's the GM. Oh, he's the GM. Oh, even better. Well, some, some. Some position, you know how it is in Liga MX, man. They they make up all these names. He's basically a consultant. Yeah, let me, let me, let me ask the internet. Consult the Oracle. Director deportivo. So yeah, pretty much, pretty much, GM. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll. Uh... That guy's, how old is that guy nowadays? <laughs> I saw a picture, a video of him the other day. La Puente. Who? 
La Puente is looking, uh, looking up is there. He, he, does he still have he, his, he has, his full beard? He's up there in Ta Washington Tavares' age. He's 74. Tavares is 71, and uh, La Puente is 74. So, yeah, mm. he's he's up there. But he's one of the more successful Liga MX coaches um, out there. What he did with American Necaxa was pretty impressive. Absolutely. I still think that, uh, you know, when, when America wins the title, I think America fans should, should all don the, the La Puente cap and, and, and pose, and pose for their celebratory picture with it. Much, much <laughs> like I was hoping last year when, when, when Chivas won coin that she would wear the, the Carlos Fierro head, headband. The Carlos Fierro headband. Yeah, you know. Where where is he anyways? Where is Carlitos Fierro? He is. I think he, I think he's in Morelia now. One of the reasons why Morelia is doing so good. That's right. Carlos Fierro is actually playing pretty well. You're right. <laughs> hey, watch him make the national team. He is in Monarcas Morelia. I'm ashamed I forgot. Being a Fierro believer, uh, I have high hopes That's for right. this you, kid. You pay the iron price. I forgot about that. Did yeah, and he's only twenty four. I mean, we've seen players like 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 Luis Hernandez and and Oribe, some of these guys that they were around that age when they when they you know became more consolidated. Sure, and and out of out of all those players that that played on that uh, World Cup winning team, I mean. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but I got to think that he's probably the only one that's still playing professionally. You know, which is why, which is why that that '05 team was such a rarity to have that many guys end up playing professionally to the point where you know there was still three or four of them that ended up on the World Cup 13 years later, the World Cup roster. I mean, that that's how good that team was. Yeah, it was, it was just unfortunate that they didn't. Uh, I mean, I remember watching those. You know, outside of I mean, they just tore everybody apart. They beat the snot out of everybody. It was. Uh, it, it, it was. I think they lost to Turkey in the third game of the group stage, where it just didn't matter. But then after that, I mean, they they beat Holland four zero. They beat Brazil three zero in the semifinals and finals. I mean, that is you can't you can't dismantle teams better than that. So, yeah, it was just uh, unfortunate that they didn't get to uh, enjoy it at the uh, at the senior national team level to the extent that they, they made, that they everyone was hoping that they could. See, right now, if I was there at the command center, I'd be playing the sad flute music right now. We don't. We don't have. We don't have the soundboard. No, no soundboard tonight. But we do have the most grotesque convenience store slash gas station I'm driving by right now. Chiquis, have you seen these buckies? Oh, uh, yeah. When you're on the highway? Oh, my goodness. These things, oh, it is like maybe a, a, a 100 pump gas station. Wow. And the convenience store, oh, it's massive. And the convenience store, 
is like the size of an apartment store. I mean, it is it is just this. I, I don't I don't know why it needs to be that big. Frankly, I just I just don't get it. They pack it full of stuff. I like their uh, brisket sandwiches. Sometimes are good and uh, some uh, pecans. I've only stopped at one, and it was late at night, and I went inside, and it kind of freaked me out. Did you guys ever see the movie Natural Born Killers? Nah. Long time ago. With like all when of it sudden, came out. Yeah, so when 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 the the Mickey and Mallory, the, the main characters, the murderers, when they finally get captured by the cops, they're in like this really creepy drugstore where the, where the fluorescent light is so weird to kind of change it's so white it changes all the colors of everything that's kind of like what bucky's right every time i'm in there i feel like i'm i'm gonna be shot at by by mickey and mallory it's uh just just a very weird it was written by quentin tarantino and, and directed by oliver stone starring robert downey jr as well he, uh, kind of, oh i forgot he, he I, I knew woody harrelson was there but not robert yeah. downey jr wow he was the australian uh, journalist who, uh, <laughs> that's, Chavos. that's a good movie. Yes, sir. I tear. No, um, yeah, that's, that's, we should be, we'll see, we'll see, because doble jornada, so there could be a lot of surprises by the end of this week. So, uh, we'll, yeah, my, next show, next, next show will, should be interesting. Be in, I'll be in Brownwood, Texas for the next show. We're doing a big high school show. Oh, for, uh, nice. For Fox Sports next week, so I'll be in Brownwood, Texas next week. Anyway. Well, it's probably a good time for us to wrap it up. We got a couple, did a nice. Wow, it's a very short show for us. We're right, right under two hours. Usually we we go on a we little call, longer. We go over. Good spot. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a good spot for us to end. But uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, Joel. Go. Uh, yes. Go be a hero. Go thank be a you, hero. gentlemen. Hasta la próxima. Later, man. Chiquis. Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, it was a good show. I, I wish again. I wish I was, I was home. But you know, you gotta gotta work when you got. Well, I have to tell you, you gotta work when you gotta work. Yeah. So, but uh, always good to be uh, on with y'all. Always good to be uh, on the Cantina Mekis podcast, even though it was a road a road trip version for me. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined us on the chat, and of course, remember you can download this and all of our previous editions of the Cantina Mekis podcast from iTunes, Podcast Center, and also on Google Play. And of course, uh, you can listen to it, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So that way, when uh, a new show is up, you will know exactly when it has come up, and you'll be able to watch and listen to it there. And of course, by all means, subscribe to it on iTunes and Google Play, so that as soon as the shows are uploaded, you will get an alert, and you'll be able to listen to us the next time you're driving into work or driving home from work. Again, Thank you guys for joining us. My name is John Jagu for Joel Aceves, Beto Campa, and everyone else that joined us on the Cantina Makes podcast. I say good night, and we'll talk to you all next week.